all agree this Pelicans team is good, and they might be even better than we realize. So does the, that mean the window is open for an NBA title? Let's break it down in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Friday been a fun week of shows with the Pelicans winning some games. And if you haven't listened to that game about Zion's superstar performance against the Toronto Raptors the other night, go give that one a listen. Did really well, too. Appreciate y'all tuning in. We got a fun show for you today. I want to look at the Pelicans' title odds. Is the window now open? Because this team is good. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all like no one else is. No weeks between podcasts or anything like that, giving you the here, the now, the important things that you need to know about this Pelicans team completely free. If you want to support the show, since we are free, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube or tell a friend about the show or leave a comment down below on YouTube or leave a five-star review or any combination of the above wherever you get your podcasts. So, oh, in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans, brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. So let's look at the Pelicans' title odds. Because this team's good, right? They just dismantled a really good defensive team in the Toronto Raptors, and Zion looked unstoppable, just shredded them. This team has the sixth best offense, the fifth best defense, the fourth best net rating of offensive rating minus defensive rating, and they're at a magic number. You need your net rating to be six or better if you really want to be a title contender at the end of the season. If you look at all the past NBA champions or the final four teams, the teams that make the conference finals, it's usually right around six or better is the net rating. Pelicans are at that magic number right now. Is the window open for title? And their title odds, according to betonline.net, have improved. It went from 40 to 1 to start the year to 25 to 1. So they're trending in the right direction. But no, I don't think they're a title contender as of today, when you're listening to this show on, let's call it 12 to this Friday. They're not there yet from, for one reason, and that is health. Brandon Ingram has been in and out of the lineup. Zion Williamson has been in and out of the lineup. CJ McCollum is in and out of the lineup right now. B.I. is not going to play, by the way, in this game against the San Antonio Spurs on Friday. CJ and Najee are probable. Herb Jones is also out after hurting his ankle. Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson have only played 12 games together this season. That's not an ideal number. They've played, by the way, 21 games total. And they played more or less in half of them, right? You need to see both those guys alongside CJ McCollum out there on the court before I really trust this team to be consistent. They've had some games where they just smoke their opponent like the Toronto Raptors and you see the pure potential of this team. They've had some stinkers against the Indiana Pacers, for example. They have a tough stretch of schedule coming up where you're going to need to rely on your best players to be able to get those wins and to keep this forward momentum. And if they're not out there, it might make some of those games against the Jazz 
or the Suns, and you've kind of a back-to-back set with both those teams coming up. So you need these guys out there on the court, and that is probably what's holding New Orleans back right now. But here's the thing. When they do all play together, it's not purely just about having more talent out there on the court than your opponent. This team, as we've seen, and I talked about it a couple of days ago with their turnovers, is lacking some team chemistry, a little bit of, they're lacking a little bit of cohesion with each other. It's been steadily improving, but you, you see they're still trying to kind of figure some things out. When they get past that figure things out stage, which is what happens by playing together and having your best guys out there on the court together, this team becomes exponentially better than they are right now. That's where your offense jumps from six, seven to one. And when you're one, you're scoring way more points and the defense has a little bit more wiggle room there, I think, to be not nearly as bad or to be, you know, to be a little bit worse. So this team still has room to grow and they need to do that before I really want to look at them and go, oh, okay, they're a title contender. But when you look at the West, it's pretty open right now. I trust Phoenix. I trust Denver to a slightly less degree. Every other team has some question marks around it. Dallas doesn't look great. The Warriors are really struggling on the road. You know, the Kings have been really fun to watch. By the way, they're a fun league pass team, but do you trust the Kings? The Jazz have faded a little bit since the beginning. The Clippers are the Clippers having some same injury issues, kind of going through some of the things that the Warriors are doing. Memphis, the Pelicans seem to have had their number for the most part. This, this Western Conference is pretty wide open. I don't know how New Orleans would do in the finals, say, against Boston or Milwaukee. But just getting there, being a conference finalist, I think would be a really good step forward. Those are the four teams that at the end of the year I look at and you're like, those are the contenders. Those are the teams that have a title window open right now and they're trying to win. New Orleans, I don't think is there just yet. But this is a year you can make a deeper run than you might have otherwise. So does that mean they should push some chips in? Some of those future Lakers picks, some of the picks from uh, that they of their own that they have, other first round picks that they've acquired during this stretch when they were kind of building the war chest. We'll get into that in the third segment of today's show. We'll get into Zion and his defense in the next one. So I think the Pelicans' window is starting to open. You feel like you know to keep the metaphor, the analogy going, right? The window is not open, but you're walking towards the window to open it up. It's like, oh, it's getting hot in the house a little bit. We got to open this window here, and so you realize I'm not going to stop what I'm doing this second. But the next chance I get, I'm going to go open a window, let a breeze come through. It's a terrible analogy I just did, but you get what I'm trying to say. That's kind of where I think the Pelicans are. I don't think this is the year to necessarily go for it. Unless you get this health right away and the team turns into a buzzsaw version like the Toronto Raptors, that's really a team they could try and emulate and look like. I think that would be great. So if they go ahead and do that, then yeah, go for it. But if you still have this health and some of the the chemistry issues that we've seen, which admittedly are getting better, I don't think the window's open just yet. But it's close. It's really, really close close. And that does mean you need to be more patient than you would otherwise. That's coming up in the third segment, why the Pelicans need to be patient right now and not just go and make a move to make a move. But coming up, let's talk about Zion on defense, because I've been on this one for a while that he's actually looked pretty good. What's going on with this defense? Why does he look more improved? Let's break that down coming up here next in today's episode 
of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis, so you can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Whether it's football, basketball, soccer, esports, they've got it over at BetOnline.net. Look, if you trust the Pelicans and think the West is really wide open, 25 to 1 are pretty good odds if you think they can win the NBA Finals, and maybe they can. So it's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action happening right now over at betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team completely free. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Leave a comment down below on YouTube as well. And leave a five-star review with a comment wherever you get your podcasts if that's the way that you listen. Helps keep the show free in five days a week for y'all. And again, no one else is coming to you like this. And trust me, I see the numbers. Y'all want a show like this, so let's keep it going. Please support the show any way you can. And for your second listen, go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The games that matter across all sports, sometimes it's tough to keep up, especially with the World Cup going on. Locked On Sports Today is going to recap it all for you in a way that only Locked On can with the local experts. You get to go behind the scenes a little bit. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So Zion Williamson. He's been good defensively, especially recently. The past couple of games, I think people have really started to take note of how he's playing on that side of the ball. There were a couple games early on in the year where he did struggle, but really since then, he's been like at worst, at worst, satisfactory on defense. That means he's a plus on that side of the ball right now. And you're seeing a lot of people say he looks like Duke Zion and to a degree that he, you know, he does. But overall, I think really what you've seen is that side of the ball kind of slow down for him. He used to be a little bit lost on that side, not really know where to go. He used to get stuck ball watching. But something he's repeatedly said these past couple of games when he's spoken in with, to, the, to the media after, you know, the, he feels more in the flow of the game, in the rhythm. He seems to kind of have more court awareness. And he's picked that up rather fast for a guy who didn't play basketball for how many days, 500 something days it was since he last played like a meaningful NBA game to get acclimated and kind of get into the rhythm and kind of just get like the spatial awareness around you, right? It's disorienting if you're playing a competitive game, even just to sub in if you weren't really ready for it. And, you know, look, there's, I have, I have horribly embarrassing stories of me, even at the Pelicans media day game, which was influenced by some things, almost running the wrong direction down the court because I was like, wait, what side are we on? And I knew. And then you get on the court and it's it's overwhelming at times. So for a guy who stayed so far away from playing to be able to get out there at NBA speed and get acclimated this quickly, I think is really impressive. He just seems to process things better. He has very high basketball IQ and it's really kind of starting to like equal his body and the athleticism that he has right now. You see him in the right spot. You see him time things well. One of the things that I saw from him at Duke and what made him such a special defender and when immediately was going to be hard for him to translate to the NBA level is he's very instinctual when going for the ball. Go back to his first summer league game when he ripped the ball out of Kevin Knox's arms, turned around and then immediately dunked it, right? Knox got that rebound and then Zion was like, oh, I see an opportunity. He went for it, got the ball. He's always been really good about that. 
It's easier to do in college where the court isn't spaced as well and guys are closer to you, so you don't need to cover as much ground. It's tougher to try and jump on passing lanes and grab a steal when everyone's moving, is stronger, faster, the ball's moving quicker, and it's further away from you. And he hasn't been able to do that while also just trying to kind of keep up with his man and ball watch and not get beat. But now he's starting to put everything together and you're seeing him go for those instinctual plays. He has a very good... Just again, it's it's instinctual on when to block the shot. I forget who it was. Was it Gary Trent Jr. in the game against the Raptors? It was the second half. And Gary Trent Jr. is driving from the corner three. Zion's coming out to rotate over to help him. And Zion like planted himself and was getting ready to time this crazy block. And Gary Trent Jr. stopped in his tracks because he saw it coming and was like, I'm on no part of this. And immediately passed the ball and just got it out of his hands because Zion was about to destroy him. Zion did everything perfectly, and if Gary Trent Jr. was a little, let's say, less smart, it would have been a big-time block. And now you're seeing Zion make these plays down low, blocks from behind, really kind of getting that instinctual feel back, and I think understanding the size of an NBA court and putting it all together. He's getting his arms in the passing lane. He realizes he's a strong guy that if they try and post him up, they're not going to move on him. He's working well off ball and realizing, okay, I can rotate over. I know how to rotate over. And he's fitting well with the system that Willie Green wants to do. It also helps that the team is defending, I think, the three-point line well, especially on those type of kick-out passes. They've done a good job of being able to contest those with X-outs and things like that. And it's freed Zion up a little bit down low to be, okay, you know what? I can go here and I know my guy will be covered because that's what we're doing as a team. And it's letting him play his best. But simply not getting beat on the perimeter, being able to move his feet laterally, getting into the rhythm of the game, getting kind of in game shape, right? That's really what it is, has made him this kind of defender. He's not elite. There's some games when he's elite. Against the Raptors, I thought he was really good. Will Guillory gave him a B-plus the other day after one of the games. And I thought that was about right. The Oklahoma City Thunder game, B-plus is pretty good, I think. Zion was closer to an A against uh, the Toronto Raptors here, but if he lives in that range, if his floor is B-plus on defense, if his floor is a B-minus on defense, that's really good, I think, for him, and that has come a long way. But he recognizes what's happening out there. He's fitting in with the team defense and what they're doing, and that lets him use his instincts and his just natural athletic abilities to make these highlight plays that get people's eyes open and go, oh, He's good, but I've been saying this for a while that I think he's been good this year and hasn't been the problem for them defensively, at least early on in the year. And certainly right now, he's a plus on that side of the ball and is helping them. And if you ever get Zion being a monster defensively or even just very good or good defensively, that's going to open that Pelicans title window up so much more. Having the fourth best net rating, being a good defensive team along with being a good offensive team, that's how you, you make your mark in this league and can go out and actually win a title. We'll get into more in the Pelicans' defense next week. I do think they're doing some things really well that can help make them a title contender. They defend mid-range shots really, really well, and I think that's important come playoff time. We'll talk about that a little bit more maybe next week or the week after or even closer to the postseason, but I think that's something that's worth keeping an eye on. Those are the shots you give up and teams are going to get in the postseason if you defend those shots well. Our team's going to score on you. But that's a story for another day. Coming up next here, though, on Locked On Pelicans. Did this, does this team need to make a move right now, or should they be patient? 
Let's break that down. Coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment. Number one thing you can do to support Locked On Pelicans, comment down below on YouTube. I've been responding to everything. I'm enjoying talking with y'all. So get in there. Let's have a conversation down in the comments on YouTube. Have a little bit of fun. Even if you just want to say hi or even if you just want to write comment, that works too. And now for your second listen, go check out Locked on Saints, host Ross Jackson, breaking down everything black and gold. Where do they go from here in this season? He's not going to sugarcoat it for you. He's not going to tell you they're good or any of this stuff, right? I've seen a lot of that out there. He's going to shoot you straight. And I think that's important right now to kind of analyze this team and see where the Saints go from here. Like who's going to be the quarterback of the future and where does that come from? Ross Jackson, Locked on Saints, your second listen today. So we talked about it in the first segment. If the Pelicans really have a title window open right now, should they go in and make a move? And I do think they can make a move. I don't think they necessarily have to make a move. There are certainly guys on this team you would like to see moved. Jackson Hayes being one of them. If he can't really get run in that game against Toronto, I'm not sure he's going to be getting much run for this team. And he just hasn't put it all together. It has been a bit of a disappointment. So you'd like to move him for a useful player, but given that this team is winning, given what this team is doing right now, I don't think you need to force that to happen and use a valuable future first round pick. Cause that's what it would take to go out and get another guy. There's enough depth here, especially with the emergence of a guy like Dyson Daniels and Devonte Graham actually shooting the ball really well, though he struggled against Toronto. So when you have this sort of depth here, a ton of useful wings, right? A small ball five in Larry Nance Jr., a starting center in Jonas Valanciunas. You have Trey Murphy, who's been awesome for this team. And at some point, it feels like, should he be a starter or not? I don't think you move Herb Jones out of there yet. But, you know, these things are questions we're going to have to ask here. With all of that depth, it's fine to stand pat and not really make a big, significant move. If you can move Jax without giving a first-round pickup, yeah, go ahead and do it. But I don't think you really need to go out of your way to do that. I think patience right now is actually pretty important to see how a lot of these guys develop. If this title window is 25-1, to 1, which is not making you a true contender, right? There's teams ahead of you, well ahead of you with that. The Celtics are the favorite right now to win the NBA title, followed by the Bucks. The Pelicans are coming in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12th. You're not one of those top four teams, which are the Celtics, Bucks, Warriors, Suns, followed by Clippers, Nets after that, that runs out your top six. I don't think you need to go and make a move to try and become one of them because this depth and this depth being young, I think is really important. Do you want to make a trade that brings in, say, an established guard, point guard, And that means Dyson Daniels gets fewer minutes. Do you want to bring in another wing? And that means a guy like Trey Murphy or Herb Jones are going to get fewer minutes? I don't. I don't want to see a move like that done by this team that could hamper future growth. I'm going to sneeze, and I apologize if that happens happening. Sorry. I don't have the mute button working on the mic here for all of that. I apologize. So you don't want some of this youth that's getting key minutes right now in key situations, right? Dyson Daniels closing games for a guard 
or you know established NBA vet, that's not going to increase your title odds by that much. If they were a top four team, yeah, go and do whatever it takes to actually win a title that year and to improve those odds, but they're just not there yet. So let these guys get these valuable minutes, this valuable development, even if it means you can't move Jackson Hayes and eventually you just let him walk or something along those lines. You can live with that. Ended up being a bust. It's okay. Those things happen. But don't do anything that means you play some of these key guys that are young and still growing any less. You need a guy like Jose Alvarado getting minutes. You definitely need Dyson Daniels getting these key minutes because it's only going to help his development. Don't make a move that potentially stunts that to win an extra playoff game or two in a year that you are not really going to go to the conference finals or the NBA finals. When that's on the table, let's let's look at that. And maybe things change by the trade deadline in February. But the way I see it right now, let's just chill, ride with the guys that we have. It's the same reason why a lot of people didn't want to trade for Kevin Durant. They believe in what this team is building. They want to kind of see that come to fruition and stick to the plan. And I think that's the right move for New Orleans right now. If you can move Jacks, do the right move, you know, a, a, a player that plays is better than a player that doesn't, but don't do it if it's going to take away minutes from a key guy because now you traded for this person and you need to play them. I think that would be one of the worst things New Orleans could do because the minutes right now that Dyson's getting, the trade's getting, is only going to make them more elite further down the line when your title window is going to be much more wide open. But let me know in the comments down below what you think. Do you think they should make a move now? Do you think patience and standing pad is not the right thing to do? I'm very curious what y'all have to think. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Enjoy the game tonight, and I'll be back with you all on Monday to recap the weekend.